0: Welcome to Not Your Mama's Relief Society podcast, where we are kicking the culture to the curve and embracing real talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter what, you are welcome here. So put your differences aside, pull up a chair, and let's talk about the kind of love he taught us. Okay, friends, welcome back. We have my beautiful co-host, Julie. I'm here. (laughs) She's here. She's here,
1: guys. She's here. We're still still working on how to effectively (laughs) greet and say goodbye. So for everyone listening, I'm here.
0: (laughs) Julie is here. Julie in the house. And we have our new friend, Marissa Crowther, who is a a life coach and she's a self-love coach. So of course I'm going to love her. And she is just this amazing human that I've been following on Instagram for like a hot minute. And then we like messaged about something. And then I thought, you know, I, we want to do an episode on self-love. Who better to talk about than someone else who preaches it all day long? Marissa. So I asked her to come be on the podcast and she was so gracious and said yes. So we are so grateful you're here. Welcome, Marissa. I I am also here. Just like Julie. We love you we're so so glad okay was well, there anything else you feel like we need to know about you
2: um I don't know I think you did a great job I think that's it that's all the that people
0: ever need to know right yeah Unless, so, I'm here Leave it there. she's here she's ready for it she loves it so so good okay well tell us a little bit about like what got you into life coaching and kind of what that journey was like for you
2: Oh, okay. So it was probably about five or six years ago at this point, I had stumbled upon the Life Coach School podcast. I'm sure, you know, a lot of you might be familiar with that one. And it was the first time I had heard those concepts and it was kind of blowing my mind. And so I was really diving into this podcast. And then about two weeks later, um, like a really intense situation happened with my children. Um, Some things happened to them that I hadn't been aware of and what normally would have sent me into like a full blown spiral. Um, cause I tend to be pretty traumatic naturally. Um, but <laughs> any trial in my life, I feel like I tend to go, uh, keep screaming through because of these tools. I felt like I was better, better able to apply the things that I had learned in church all growing up, you know, about being able to forgive people and accept things as they are and see people with love the way Jesus would. And, um, So in that moment, it was so interesting to go through a trial, something that I kind of never would have wished on anybody at that point in my life. Um, To be able to go through it, like not kicking and screaming and seeing the beauty in it faster and being able to forgive everybody involved um, quicker. It was just a really, really life changing experience for me and because I needed the tools so desperately at that time. So like help myself get through that, um, I learned the tools really, really well, <laughs> and so that kind of like spearheaded my, you know, journey into life coaching. I just absolutely loved it as soon as I found it, and especially after I saw how it changed my life and saw how it changed the way I was able to, you know, go through something that I never thought I would have been able to go through before that. It 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 was everything to me, and so that's kind of like what spearheaded my my desire to be a life coach and things like that that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I love that you took something that like was a difficult thing for you before and then created something and then you're like, "Okay, I've got to help other people." Right. Cause, yeah, cuz I don't think that that like seeing the bright side of things has not been as difficult for me, so I love hearing that like whatever the challenge is, you took and like made it a strength.
2: Right. And like uh, before, I mean I don't know if I ever would have considered myself a pessimist before, but I kind of was like, I was very depressed after I had my first two kids. I had majorly horrible postpartum depression and I didn't really mm-hmm. see a way out of it. I was always kind of, I always was kind of feeling like I was on the brink of like going full crazy. I was like, oh.
1: <laughs> this is, yeah.
2: and so those tools helped me to know, like, I mean, there was different points in my life even before, you know, like the experience happened with my children and um, where I was worried that I would be suicidal. And it was like a really, really scary time. So it was just a really interesting place to be now in my life, where I still sometimes deal with things like depression. And especially like seasonally, I'm like pulling myself yeah. out of yeah, the, me too. Seasonal, the slump right now. But it's really kind of nice to know, now that I am able to see things in a way where I know I won't take my own life now, which I was so scared of that. i sorry, I just got like really weirdly deep there for a second, but I was so scared of going it. crazy or so scared of um, what would happen if something set me off. And so I lived my life in a way where I was constantly like trying to keep myself away from anything hard or anything challenging because I didn't really trust myself to be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. And so like learning to really, really love myself um, like changed all that
0: that's awesome I love that and listen we go deep around here okay like we want to hear all the (laughs) ugly all the hard like this is real life because I think when we like when I first started this and I told you this the beginning like I really want this to be a place where women can come together and talk about the things that matter to them and share the hard things in a more raw way because how often do we sit at church and we hear these little comments are like oh yeah You know, and it's just, it's not bad. It's just safe, right? Like we make safe comments Mm, at church. We make these safe things. It's like, listen, I understand why you want to keep it safe. I really, really do. But playing it safe does not build connection.
2: Right, right. Like I, I Yeah, I could talk about that for forever too. Cause that's what I, I think we crave it so often. Like I'll do like little treats. And sometimes I think like, why can't we have this in Relief Society? And I think that's the key word you said there. It's safe. We don't wanna put too much out there. We don't wanna show too much of our vulnerable side,
0: but that's like what makes us connect to the other people. It really does. It really does. And it's funny because we're so afraid of like someone rejecting us, but it all comes back to like what you're talking about. If you're so, if you love yourself, you're not as worried about the rejection, right? Because you know, it's not actually about you. If someone doesn't like me, that says more about them than about me, right? I mean, that doesn't mean I'm perfect. Please bless. Far stretch. I'm not perfect, but if someone thinks that I'm awful or hates me or whatever, I can think of a few individuals right now in my life (laughs) that do not like me. And like you know what? That says that that just says where they're at, right? Right. Because I'm not making a judgment about them either. It's just that's how they see things right now, and that's how they see the world right now. So when other people see good in me, uh, that's also not about me. Right? It's how they see the world. It's how they. See things in their life. And so it, it is, but I get it's risky. I get there is, you know, you're putting yourself out there to be raw and to be vulnerable and talk about this stuff. But the cool thing is, is that most of the time when we open up and talk about, like, hey, yeah, I was suicidal. Hey, I, you know, didn't think I can make it through another day. You know what? I guarantee almost every single time someone in that room is like, oh, me too. Right right? Because I didn't know that story about you. But guess what? That's like my origin story too, is that at age 19, I tried to commit suicide. And I didn't even really know what that really meant. I just made this stupid choice, immediately regretted it. And it became this whole thing and went to the hospital. And it was just this horrible, horrific time, right? right? And and the thing is, is that people who haven't struggled with that might not understand that it's not so much about like, really wanting to die per se, it is just I want to end this pain so badly. Like I cannot be inside my head one more minute because I'm losing it. And if this is the rest of my life, I don't want this life. Right. And I
2: think, I mean, like bringing this back around to that idea of self-love I mean, I always thought, I mean, I had this horrible misconception about humility, (laughs) like I thought.
0: Oh, yeah. Humility
2: was to like, you know, not love ourselves or not even like ourselves. And so I thought it was bad to think I was pretty or smart or good, (laughs) which is so interesting to me now, because that's not at all (laughs) what I think anymore. But notice like I mean like sitting in like your own body where you don't think it's okay to like yourself and it's it's just an interesting way we go about things and I think it's just so interesting as as humans we are taught from such a young age to look outside of us to figure out if we're good or value you know like we check in with our mom like is this good did I clean my room right we check in with our teachers right we're so used to like having an external value indicator, something outside of us saying, okay, now you can feel good about yourself. Now you can be okay now. And because we have that, we're always looking for like that external validation. But the hard part that comes with this external validation that we're trying to seek is we can't show up and truly love someone if we're playing that game. I can remember this time with my sister. Um, I had taken my cousin and her husband me and my husband had taken her, my cousin and her husband out to dinner and we at that point were at my mom's house for a couple weeks and so we had walked out the door to go to dinner and left to go to dinner we were paying them back for letting them stay at our house or something like that or or le- them letting us stay at their house anyway i had come back then and the next day my sister had come up to me and she said hey i just wanted to let you know like how hurt i was and i was like about what like I was so confused, and she's just like yesterday when you just left with our cousins, and you didn't even like invite me. And I noticed in that moment, like I my de- I was so busy trying to like prove that it was okay that I had gone because my intentions weren't ever to leave her out, right? Like my intentions in that moment were there was no ill will, there's no in- bad intentions, but because. I wasn't okay, and because I needed her to know that, I kept saying like, well, like, fine, you can be upset if you want, but I didn't mean anything bad by that. So I was so busy defending myself, and if I had been good with myself in that moment, I could have just hugged her and said, oh my goodness, I don't ever want you to feel left out around me. Next time I'll totally invite you, which is like the the pure, more true part of what was going on for me, But when we aren't okay with ourselves and we're looking for somebody else to be okay with us, we're looking for that external value indicator. Like I couldn't even love my sister in that moment fully,
0: you know, if that makes sense. And so like, yeah, you blocked it. You were like blocking that love exchange because you were so hell bent on like defending yourself, which we've all done that. Like, right. All the right time. so yeah right and it's
2: yeah, it's so interesting to see like I mean there's plenty of times where I do you know what I did with my sister and like but it's really interesting to watch myself now where I can hear somebody sometimes like if I'm in a really solid place with myself, I can hear somebody have an issue with me and I can calm myself down enough to know like, hey, I'm still okay because when we have that external value indicator, we think our actions determine whether we're good or not. If we believe Christ and what he said about, you know, like he's taking care of all of it. He's paid the price for all of our sins. He's met us exactly where we're at. We can show up as full worthy human beings right now in every moment. And when we believe that, it makes it so much easier to not defend ourselves to try to prove we're good because we know we're good. We know because of the price we're good so we can meet people more fully where they're at. And we can actually like see through the mess and love them right where they're at.
0: Yes. Preach hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: I was going to say when you, when, so part of self-love is really understanding uh, parts of yourself too. And like internally you knew that you weren't a mean person and internally you knew you weren't wanting to leave her out. Right. And when we get to a point where we really a person saying you were mean to me and that hurt my feelings doesn't have to switch your entire identity doesn't have to go. Oh my right. gosh, I did. I'm a mean person. Am I a rude person? And you don't even have to check yourself. Right. You're just able to go. I didn't do that. I'm so sorry. I didn't. Right. I love you. <laughs> you know, yeah. right. You're- yeah, for
2: sure. I always like well- draw it out for people. Like, I mean, and I'm like, could I actually explain this? Maybe I'll try, but I always draw it like a dip down in the bottom, like an S curve going on so like down at the bottom there's like the shame dip and then like on the other end there's like a, I always say like an arrogance like peak that happens so the the I always think that there's like an equal but opposite reaction to our shame in our arrogance like an example I like to use is like one time I was in um, young women's a girl was um, we were playing hangman or something at the end I was a, a leader and there was a bunch of 12 year old girls in there and um, I wasn't really paying attention. I was playing with my baby on the floor and one of the girls was like, oh, Sister Crowther, it's your turn. So I just threw up a number. I said like the letter C or something. And One of the girls in the room was like, oh my gosh, Sister Crowther, you just wasted one of our turns. We already guessed that letter. And for a moment, like I dropped down into that shame dip where I was just like, oh my gosh, maybe something is wrong with me. And then immediately yeah. in my head, I was just like, girl, calm down. It's Trigger Chang Man. Right? Like, so like, I always think about like an yeah. opposite reaction. <laughs> Take a breath. Trying to protect from thinking something's wrong with me. So we have to go to the other end. It's like, no, de- something's definitely wrong with you. It couldn't possibly be me. But uh-huh. we don't ever stop. Like that just continue on, continues on forever where we like go back and forth of like, oh, wait, maybe I was wrong for being so mean to her about that. Obviously, I didn't say that out loud, but like we can go back and forth or we can clear it all up by saying, yeah, totally. Like I accept all parts of me. The parts yeah. of me that say the letter C. <laughs> <when this laughs> Sorry about uh, the that. The parts of me that, that like. Really intense, yes.
1: man.
2: Yeah, that, that for stuff or selfish. Yeah. Right, and so okay. like. Yeah, so if we can accept all parts of ourselves, that it's a thousand times easier to do that for other people on the other end. So I always think when people say like, "Oh, self-love, like that's selfish," I'm like, "Oh no, then you don't get real self-love." <laughs>
0: you yeah, know? you don't get it. <laughs> you, don't understand
2: it. you don't know. Because it's the only way we can be truly selfless. No, so 100%. tell me how then,
1: tell me how, because you two are both the self-love people. And I would have never thought that either. I don't think it's selfish, but tell me how you come to see that in the different light. And like, how does it free us to be completely selfless?
0: How does it free us? That's a good question. That's so I little think little. that like going back to like my experience of being 19 and being like, I cannot live one more freaking minute in my head. And I think it p- speaks to like what we were talking about, this external validation. I was so, um, what's the word? I was so dependent upon this external validation that because I just, it wasn't working, it wasn't working, it wasn't working. And it just got worse and worse and worse to a place where I could not see any value in myself, right? And then after that experience, when I very first started therapy and kind of started this long road into where I am now, and obviously still working on it a lot, it's something. but I become it's become like my most important work to make sure that I'm taking good care of myself and being good to myself. Because I think that um, what the analogy I'd like to give is that, you know, there's like the analogy of like the monkey or whatever that has their hand in the trap that they just let go of the food or whatever mm-hmm. they get out of the trap. That's how I see judgment. If we are hanging on to that judgment of ourselves or other people, like talking about what Marissa talked about, like the shame and the arrogance cycle, right? If we're hanging on to that, we are blocking compassion. When we let that go, we're allowing that just love exchange to come back and forth. And another thing I talk a lot about is intent versus impact. So like Marissa's story was so, it was perfect. She had no intentions of hurting her, but the impact for this person was that she felt hurt. So I think sometimes having like a blanket apology, like, oh, sorry, you feel that way. That doesn't work for a lot of reasons. We could talk about that for 10 hours, but what can help a lot more than that is to say, hey, I hear that you felt like really left out. You're not taking on their interpretation. You're just acknowledging the impact for them. Oh, wow, I hear that you really felt that way. Just saying, I hear you and I see you, fill in the blank, right? Like really acknowledging the impact for them but just like Marissa said, you're not able to do that really. If you are so stuck in like defending your worth and your honor, then you can't see that for the other person. Because sometimes we misconceive apologies as like, I'm taking responsibility of your interpretation. And that doesn't work either, right? Because I'm not, I'm not responsible for, for how you made it mean, but I love and care about you enough to hear you and see what it's like for you. If that makes sense. Right.
1: I liked what Marissa said too that like the part of the self-love is loving even the the ugly parts of us and like and like yeah, the hangman you, right? ruiner yeah, part I of you paying attention <laughs> when we were playing hangman you know what I mean like because part right. of that is that like it's the fullness of us it's the wholeness of us and that all those parts yes. are beautiful and we're all trying to increase and get better and to do better things and that like even without intention you could have offended somebody and like that's okay. Like, sorry about that. I love you. That was not, not my intention. Let's move on. You know, I like the idea that self-love doesn't have to be, I like all the nice parts of me. right? Right. And I don't think
2: we can be real love for ourselves unless we're acknowledging all the parts. Yeah. Because I think so often we like to, um, we're, I mean, like we have so many rules for ourselves that we don't really even realize that our brains just come up with to probably try to keep us safe. Like if you follow all these rules, then you can know that you're good. And you'll be fine. (laughs) You know, like I can know I'm a good mom if I can know I'm a good person. If I can know I'm a good, you know, like I can know God loves me if I have this calling. Like there's all sorts of things, like weird stuff that our brain comes up with to like, no, we're good. And I think it's all like in this false way of trying to recognize our worth. Like it says in the scriptures, like the worth of a soul is great in the sight of God. There's no qualifiers. Mm-hmm. And I believe that when we believe that we are bad, we act bad. And when we believe we are good, we act good. And I've seen this play over mm-hmm. and over and over. Yeah, that and is more. my life. Yeah, right. Throughout our lives. And I think <laughs> about like, you know, the people, even out in the world that we'd be like, oh, yeah, that one's definitely a bad one. Like, you know, like the pedophile, totally. Like he fits the bill. He's the bad guy, you know, like, but I even think about those situations. Like, at what point, like, if we thought about this little, you know, this pedophile's life, I'm sorry, I'm going weird here, (laughs) but like a
0: pedophile's
2: (laughs) life, if we're thinking, you know, maybe what happened to them as a child and, you know, like maybe if they were abused, all these horrible things, right, do we get to decide that, you know, like at 12, they're now accountable for that, they've officially made it to bad, or is it 18, is it 21, is it 30, like when do we get to decide, like, that one's the bad apple, that one's definitely bad, or what is probably, like, what makes more sense to my mind is they learn to believe that they were bad and when we believe we're bad we act poorly like I bet it's maybe the same for you guys like we're you know like oh it's just like oh my gosh I was such a bad mom or I'm like I can't believe I did that and then we act worse or do things that are dumber so if we can like I think if Satan can get us to believe that we're bad or believe that we're past help or believe there's no hope for us then we can get us to spiral down this path of creating from this place of believing we're bad, but if we can believe that we're good and we believe, you know, the doctrine of our church that says that Christ paid the price for all of our sins. If we believe that, if we truly believe that we can recognize our goodness in our messes. And when we can do that, there's so much of a place for growth that I, I don't even think that we fully under understand. Like when we're when I'm thinking about like, you know, babies like to the age of three years old, that how fast they progress, like how much they accomplish in those three years. They learn how to like walk, talk, sing, do all sorts of stuff, throw their cups on the floor, you know, make you pick it up. Like Mm -hmm. that (laughs) all of that in those first couple years. And I wonder sometimes, I'm sure there's like all sorts of sciencey things why that happens, but I like to think about like how they haven't yet learned how to judge themselves. They don't, they're not like, oh my gosh, like Susan I did that crawling, crawling wrong. Right, yeah, or like, <laughs> she's already walking. Like, I can't believe I'm not walking yet. She's, you know, you know, she's a month ahead of me. me, right? And so there's no self-judgment. There's no judgment of the other people. There's like, I want to figure out how to push that button on the water cooler and I'm going to do it no matter how many times my mom tells me no. Like, I'm not gonna sit there and judge myself or whatever, they've got a goal. They just do it without thinking, am I good enough? I like, am I worse than this other person? Am I bad for wanting to do that? Like the judgment's gone and the progression is so freaking fast. And I think about if we can do that in our own lives if we can remove that self judgment if we can remove the judgment of other people and we can just go forward with the things that we feel are good and right with that like sure knowledge that we've got, you know, backup, you know, from our father in heaven like there's so many more things that we can accomplish that I feel like we hold ourselves back on. And of course I'm preaching to the choir. I'm like, yeah, this sounds great. I should do this. Right.
0: <laughs> but you know, we, should, we all need it. Yeah. You, think
2: about, you know? So tell no,
0: me for that. Sure.
1: Okay. For a, you life coaches, then let's start, let's break down. Like, how does one begin to do this? If we believe, you know, it's so, so, so impactful and helpful for our men oh. and women that are listening.
0: Yeah, for sure. And one thought I had, well, Marissa, that was, again, pre I agree with every word that came out of your mouth. Like, yes, because that is the true doctrine, right? Because I think that, again, one of our focuses on the show is to talk about what's doctrine and what's culture. And yeah. I love that you said, like, well, I'll be great if I'm this, you know, if I'm the Lee society president. Like, you're right. The scripture says that your worth is great, period. Yeah. There isn't a, if you have this, if you do this, if you do this. Like we get a lot of weird, like cultural beliefs about worth and worthiness. We mix it all up and it's all, you know, traditions of men, whatever. And it gets all kind of convoluted in our head. And so one thing that I found to be really helpful too, is when I look at the things I'm thinking about something, because you're right. If we think we're bad, we just tend to do more bad things. It just is a natural occurrence, right? Like you said too, that Satan wants you to think that there's no hope because he knows that will just spiral you down into more and more mayhem right because we I mean how much time have all of us wasted on beating ourselves up judging other people like we spend a stupid amount of time <laughs> beating ourselves up or beating up other people in our heads right it's right. just a huge time suck for sure but so one thing that I have kind of helped myself with is okay so instead of looking at everything as like good or bad not that I don't or right or wrong not that I don't think there is right or wrong or bad or good like those concepts fine but when I'm talking about like myself or about my behavior or about my thoughts I'm like okay instead of saying oh was this a good thought I'll say is this a helpful thought is this a thought that propels me forward to where I want to be or is this a hurtful thought is this a thought that's taking me places I don't want to be or is this the behavior that's not working for me because when I get out of that mindset of like good or bad or right or wrong then I'm not as likely to be like judging myself. That makes sense? Like, I'm just looking at the framework of, is this helping me or hurting me? Right. Because it helps me to get out of like the black or white judgment thinking of like, oh, well, I didn't shoot the floors yesterday. Therefore, that was bad. Right. Or I didn't, I, you know, I fed my kids off paper towels. And so I'm bad or whatever. Like, no, was this action helpful for me? You know what? Today it was because I didn't want to do more dishes. <laughs> you know, or maybe it's like was this helpful or hurtful you know what doing this thing I totally understand why I did that but it isn't really taking me where I want to go so I might want to do something different but that feels way more loving to me than just oh that was right or wrong
2: right right I love that I always think about that perfect piece that like that it's always ab- available. I guess that's how kind of I apply that you know self love automatically. Is I always tend to think like with if we want perfect peace, perfect peace you know like surpasses all understanding. I always think like, but God understands it. So with perfect peace comes when we understand things perfectly. When we understand things the way that God would see them. So I like to always remind myself if I'm not feeling peace in a moment and I want to. It's always, always, always available to me if I can kind of like line myself up so I'm seeing things through the lens that like God would see them. And I like to apply those attributes that we know of Christ of, you know, that, you know, he's loving and forgiving and accepting and understanding and he meets us where we're at. And so I like to apply those things to me as fast as I can. Because for forever, I, I tended to focus on like, how can I change myself faster like how what like like if I could just shift this thing about me I got to stop doing that thing I got to start doing this thing and I've shifted it in the last while to just being how can I love myself faster where I'm at like and I'll notice myself even in arguments like with my husband or with my children or whatever I'll catch myself midway through and I'll kind of see it like see myself more through that more pure lens I guess I would say and I can immediately stop myself in a conversation. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, I'm sorry. I was getting so mad about that. I don't actually care that much. I think I was just trying to prove to you that I'm good. Mm-hmm. I just let this go. And for a while, like my husband would look at me like, "What are like just mid mid argue? Okay, like like what is happening here?" But it, I mean, it's kind of nice to know. Like I give myself permission to like be weird <laughs> in a moment and stop an mm-hmm. argument mid, mid mid thing where I was sure I was right. I'm trying to prove that I'm right. And then I let my fireiness down for a minute and stop that because I don't know, being able to see things through the lens of like, I am lovable and I am good. No matter if I just acted like a weirdo two seconds ago, or like if I yelled at somebody two seconds ago, if I can love myself faster, I can stop that spiral. And it's just, and so my job for myself is just to love myself faster. That looks mm-hmm. like forgiveness for myself. That looks like acceptance for who I was two seconds ago. That looks like all that. And it's so much faster and easier to love people in all of their mess. It's been so interesting, you know, like seeing people through a different lens. Like, I mean, oh, one of my sisters for forever, we butted heads like all growing up. And I always thought she had all the issues, you know, <laughs> like we all do. Like it's definitely got yes. to be something else, right? Yes.
0: And they're the problem
2: yeah yeah when I've started to see things through a different lens where I've like learned to like love people better which I didn't even know I had an issue with but when I've learned to love her better you know like when people feel truly loved you get more of them and like now I can't even really remember what my issues were with her for so many years it's so interesting to think about it that way but like because I've seen to like seen her through a different lens of this love, she's given me like more of her. So I've Mm -hmm. seen more out of her. And I've seen this in my relationships with my children when I'm not loving versus when I am more loving and accepting and understanding if I am being as much like Jesus as I can in a moment. It's interesting, how crazy things shift and how things line up better. I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. So just like loving yourself faster, forgiving yourself faster. I used to, I also used to think like you had to like wait till like sacrament meeting to repent. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? I was just like, literally yeah. every second, you can do it every second. You can start over from two, what you did two seconds ago. That faster, that blank slate for that faster, coming back to that faster, I think is, I don't know, my key for how to get, you know, how, how to get through life,
0: I guess. Yeah, that's oh, great. I love that. Cause I often will ask myself, so- in this situation, how, how would a woman who loves herself react in this situation? Or mm-hmm. how would a woman who loves herself clean this bathroom? <laughs> like, honestly, like, I'm like, okay, because the bathrooms are my, like, number one hated chore. <laughs> I just, like, it I makes me, I have to, I'm trying not to barf the entire time. I hate it. With the passion, I'll fold laundry all day long. I'll do dishes. I, I will do so many things. Bathrooms. Ugh. So I, I walk down I'm like, okay how would a woman who loves herself approach this bathroom situation? And I'm like, okay, well, probably she might um, think, let's just spend five minutes and get out and then come back. You know, like it just was sure. a different mindset. Exactly what you're saying. Like when we can just focus on that one, we stay in our lane. Right. right. Because we're focusing on ourselves and what we can, you know, improve upon for our, how we love it, ourselves. Cause if we love ourselves better, we just improve in all the areas even more. And we then also open up that conduit to be able to love other people better because if we don't like somebody, it's our own thoughts about them Yeah, because they could do XYZ and we can have whatever thought we want to have about what they're doing. And that doesn't mean we let every single person in and have all access to all of us all the time. It just means that we can not have that like hate in our heart because that doesn't help me. Again, I'm not going to say, "Oh, Annie, you're so bad or wrong for not forgiving this person." Instead, I'm going to say, "Hey, you know what? Hating them is causing you anguish. So, I I want to let that go because I love you so much, girlfriend, and I want you to be happy." Right. Same right. result, just different mindset. Right. I think
2: like the like the rules of the world is that like we think that when we give, we lose something. Eternal's perspective what we give is always what we get and so like I think about that application with you know just what you're talking about with like forgiveness like when we give forgiveness we get it right when we give anger we're the ones who get it I think there's like a buddha saying that says something along the lines of anger is the punishment we give somebody or give ourselves for somebody else's bad behavior
0: Oh, and yeah. <laughs> i think it's so
2: interesting like we 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 get what we give and so the what we get, like when we see it through like a more eternal perspective it's just like an interesting to, thing to think we we think we're losing something when we give somebody forgiveness like we're doing some sort of favor or something mm-hmm. and, it's, yeah. it's, and like, it's not for exactly, them <laughs> yeah it's not for them at all we're the we're the major beneficiary that comes whenever we offer forgiveness we are free Especially
1: you know? if the person is like, if the person, number one, didn't know they did something or what if they really are like they had bad intentions, you know, those right. are people that are really difficult to forgive. But your forgiveness gives them nothing. It changes right. nothing. Right. So, it, I mean, literally at its very core, it is only to heal your soul. Right. You You yeah. might not see any change. You may never even put yourself around that person ever again for safety reasons. And those things, so truly like, they're not even involved. Right. It doesn't even have to involve a, hey, I forgive you. You know, none of that. Yeah. It's healing your
2: soul.
0: Yeah, it's letting it go. Right. Yeah, for sure. When well, I thought another about another thing too that I often tell my clients is if we're looking at improving something and maybe we're using this measuring stick of like, Maybe our spouse or our mom or our, you know, our you know, some person that's telling us, oh, this needs to, you know, and they're getting honest. Like maybe if you're in like an abusive relationship where someone is just like berating you about what to change and why you're so bad and whatever. I'm like, always use the filter. I mean, you shouldn't say always about anything, but it's <laughs> helpful to use the filter of is that how Christ would speak to you? Right. And run that through everything you're telling yourself, or maybe someone else was telling you. Like in my marriage, there was lots of things that were so painful and hard. And I internalized all of it and thought, well, I am just the worst person alive. Like mm-hmm. he must be right, you know? And it, right. it got me back to this like really deep dark of like, I don't want to go back to this place where like I want to end my life, but it's scary to want to have to go down this road because I am just so heavy on myself. And I remember someone telling me that like, well, would Christ talk to you like that? Like mm-hmm. put those exact same words and com- have them coming out of Christ's mouth. Do you think yeah. he would say that? I was like, "No." She's like, "Okay. <laughs> well, then, is it even true?" I was like, "Okay," because right. if we understand how Christ speaks to us and like how the Spirit whispers to our heart, then we can. That that's just a more helpful filter for me to know like what is actually something that I need to improve upon in a loving way. He doesn't right. come down and be like. Hey, yo, Annie, I got a list of 10 things and you're the friggin' worst. Get on. <laughs> like, that's not how he talks to us, right? Like, heck no. no. So I always talk about the talk, what lack I yet? because it, it gives these examples, of, like these gentle whispers that the spirit tells us to like something we could work on because right. he gently invites us to do something that will make our life better. He's not coming down and saying, you're not enough until you do this. Right. He's saying, here's a gentler path for yourself. Maybe if you let go of the sin, it will just clear up more space for you to hear me better and it will allow more love into your life. He doesn't right. come from a shameful place. Right.
2: That is so, so true. I just like what popped in my head, you know, like, well, now I'm like, is this appropriate to say, it? I'll just say it. in the endowment where the, um, Satan is saying, you know, anybody who doesn't live up to their covenants will be in my power. And I always was so scared of that until I realized that it was Satan the liar saying it, <laughs> you know? Um, and so it's always interesting to think about things from, you know, like, would Christ say that? No, like, I'd, Christ wouldn't say that. Christ says every opportunity, yes, come back to me all the time. And it's just interesting to see things from like a more pure lens of like, oh, it's helped me kind of recognize the lies that the adversary has been telling me in other areas in my life where I'm like, Oh, like you're, you know, like you're doomed. It's over, whatever. Would Christ ever say that? No, he would never say that. Right. Yeah. Just well, sorry. You messed up. Show yeah. it over. <laughs> it's just really, really interesting to kind of like see things through those different lenses. So yeah, good stuff.
0: I love it. Well, is there maybe like, I, I know that I have one, maybe there's something you could share this too about like, like a practical step someone could take, maybe a practice they could start about how to be more loving to yourself. So one that I talk about all the time is about writing love letters to yourself. When I'm feeling really frustrated, because I do better writing things down. So if I'm getting in this place of like beating myself up in this this spiral, I like will pump the brakes, pull my journal out, and start writing. Like, okay, dear Annie, I understand why you were frustrated I and I say all the things that I wish someone would tell me because I know exactly Mm -hmm. what I want to hear I know exactly what will like melt my heart and make me feel like gushy and loved right like okay like yeah you know what of course you did this Uh, you know this is the experience you've had this is the things you've been through of course you've done that before and I love you so much and I know how amazing you are and I want you to be able to let this go so that you can be happier and I give myself my, I'm my own hype girl and I will give myself mm. all the things I want to hear because that's just a quick practice. I mean, sometimes it takes longer, but the more I do it, the quicker it is of, I can just, and sometimes I don't have to write it down now, but just to give myself that love and compassion in that moment is really helpful for me. Right. I love that. I, I could, it was reminded me for a long time, especially when I was first practicing, like, you know,
2: loving myself, um, I can I do pep talks for myself in the car, <laughs> so my kids got used to it. Every time we go in the car, I'm like, "You're doing an amazing job. You just change two pe- poopy diapers back to back. Who else would do that? Maybe all the other moms. It doesn't matter. You're doing great." <laughs> and I would just like put myself up and tell myself nice things, like for like the whole car drive to wherever, just to kind of remind myself, like put myself in a good space, especially when I wanted to start out my day better. And so I just love that, like I, a good pep up talk for yourself. I just love. I find myself lately, what I I hear in the back of my mind all the time is like, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> like I would, yeah. like, talk to like a little, you know, three-year-old or something. And I don't know if that's helpful to everybody, but having something in the back of your mind of reminding you're like, you're okay. You're completely lovable. All of you is okay. Every bit of you is okay. Every bit of you is acceptable. Because when we bring, I mean, just like thinking about, you know, like what we are talking about with like Satan and like if we can bring things to the surface most of us try to shove all the things we don't like about ourselves down and hide them right like we try to run and hide and try to shove those things down and I am and I think as soon as we bring those to light and we're in full acceptance of them acceptance doesn't have to be like oh stamp of approval I love that I just did that you know like it doesn't have to be that we love it but full acceptance that it has happened and full acceptance of it and recognizing Christ atonement takes care of all of it we can bring it to the light it stops anything that like the adversary could do with it. I think the adversary thrives in that shame, that dark, that like trying to hold things down, you know, yeah. like keep it from everybody else. And I think it, the more we can bring to light, the more we can accept about ourselves, the more we can do that. I think that's, I just, I don't know, just loving on yourself like crazy faster. Like it's always my thing. Just if you're going to do anything faster, love yourself faster.
0: You know, that that can be a myriad of issues. For sure. And I like that it can be whatever version works for you. Like I get so lost in my head. Like I oftentimes got to write it down because I get Mm -hmm. so lost in my own head. But I love that you're like this broadcaster, like broadcasting, like, oh my gosh, this girl is so freaking awesome. She changed poop. She drove the car, you know, like you, like that really works. I think it's like figure out what you need to hear and what delivery works best for you. Right. I think maybe I could break that down. Like it could be writing, It could be talking. It could be, I found this. Um, Someone told me about this app called think up and you record yourself saying like affirmations or whatever. And then you can just listen to yourself saying it over <laughs> and over. I was like, Oh heck yeah. So I pop that on <laughs> my car ride. I just already have the things. Cause sometimes in the moment I can't think of like the new things I want to tell myself necessarily. So if I just have this batch of them and then I record it. So I think it's, yeah, like I said, it's, What do you need to hear that will help you feel so loved and cared about and that you're going to give yourself full acceptance, like you said, and then what method of delivery works best for you in your life right now? And that might change, but just knowing that there are lots of different ways to give yourself that grace and compassion and that acceptance and that forgiveness, I think is so valuable. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Marissa, you are the freaking bomb.com, and I'm so glad you're here today. And I just want to make sure that everyone listening knows how they can find you, what you do, what your offerings are, all the goods. Tell us all the goods. Okay.
2: So I would follow me over on Instagram. I'm at Marissa Crowther Coaching. Uh, Maybe we could put it at the show notes or something. But oh, yeah, for sure. um, We'll link all the good stuff. Yeah. We are doing a retreat in March, the 24th through the 27th. Annie is coming to speak, which is going to be so awesome. And so if you guys want to come to that, I'm going to give Annie a code so that you guys can get there for a hundred bucks off. Um, And that will just be, Hey Annie joy. And we'll just go from there. But yeah, if you guys want to come to that, that'd be so awesome. There's only a couple spots left. So I would run. Um, But there's also, I also, yeah, I also offer a bunch of other stuff like one-on-one coaching and I've got a membership that is donation based, which is super awesome. But yeah, that's
0: where you can find me. I love it. She has really great content. I've, I've been enjoying her for a hot minute. And she just teaches me even more about this topic. Because even if you do something a lot, there's still just so much more to learn. And so I love following other coaches and love following other people who are dedicated to spreading more light in this world and helping women to love themselves better so that they can be a more devout disciple of Christ, right? I just I love that so much. So yes, come hang out with us. It's going to be so fun. I'm like so, I'm so excited. excited. It's going to yeah. be amazing. It's my favorite topic. I love hanging out with women and partying all weekend. It is going to be such good things. Oh, and good food. I, I don't like making food. So if you're going to yeah. feed me and talk to me, right? my heart is yours. You know? My, my, was- my mama makes the food. And I
2: have to tell you every, day, every year, that's like one of people's favorite parts is the food. They're like,
0: retreat food yeah. is never this good. I'm like, that's because they don't have my mom. So... Anyway. Right, right. Well, Marissa's mom, thank you and bless you because your <laughs> girl don't like cooking food anyway. <laughs> so, and and I'm not very good at it either. That's probably why I don't love it. I'm just not very talented at it yet. And it's just saying. not my thing. So someone else making me delicious food and just partying with me. I mean, really, there is no faster way to this girl's heart. So <laughs> I'm excited. You guys need to come hang out. With us. It's going to be amazing. Oh, so yep, I'll link all that. So it's easy for you to find all of that so you are the best listeners thank you for being here love you two bits and we'll see you next week bye guys if you want to learn more about how to use gospel principles to strengthen your relationships i'm a relationship coach and i would be honored to work with you contact me through instagram at hey anniejoy or my website anniejoy.com